Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories we're about to discuss are of interest to you, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org to find the links and read the stories for yourself. Let's jump in with the first story of the week, Complications Consenting to Gender-Affirming Care. Researchers examined consent forms for youth to receive gender-affirming care and found that many had incomplete information to guide providers, youth, and guardians in the process, according to an article published in Helio. For example, only half of the forms noted the importance of shared decision-making between youth and guardians. That's, of course, a really important concept um, where, you know, we really want youth to be having a voice, even if they're maybe not old enough to, to give consent on their own. Also, while all of the forms discussed the risks of treatment, not all of them discussed the benefits. So kind of a red flag there as well. You know, obviously understanding the risks of of gender-affirming care is really important, but also there are some really uh, key and often life-saving benefits too. So overall, just, you know, a sign that this is still a relatively, um, not necessarily new, but kind of underdeveloped area of of medicine and healthcare, and one where there's a lot of difference, you know, between um, one provider and the next. So an area probably ripe for for collaboration among professionals and some development and adoption of best practices. Next up, prep use dropped in Australia. Australia's ABC News reported that 42% of sexual minority men there who had been on prep prior to the COVID-19 pandemic had stopped taking it by April. Most men reported doing so because they were having less sex, but researchers warned that as the pandemic and related restrictions evolve, there may be a need for many sexual minority men to consider coming back onto PrEP, Um, you know, folks who who dropped off of it because they were kind of closed in at at their homes, who are now getting out more, things are more open, and who knows if folks are, you know, immediately jumping back onto PrEP as a safer sex practice, or maybe they're not, either because of problems accessing healthcare or just not getting around to it or, you know, financial strains. So as we get more and more information about this, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of if, if these measures can bounce back and, and hopefully they do. But definitely we have data to show that there, there was a big drop here in Australia and there's been similar reports coming out of other areas as well. In our next story, by folks miss health benefit of education. Researchers led by Zhe Zhang explored the idea that, generally speaking, when people have a higher education degree, a bachelor's degree or higher, they have better uh, health than people who did not earn a higher degree. And I'm sure that's due to a lot of factors, things like uh, access to care, you know, um, quality of life, uh, fulfillment with one's with one's job, all sorts of different factors could could contribute to this. And you know, also people who are able to get an education in the first place may have privileges that that you know lead them to having better health than others. But in any case, what was really interesting was that they found that while this was true for bisexual folks. Um, it was a lot less true than it was for other populations. So basically, bisexual individuals got less of a health boost from having had a higher education than did heterosexual peers, but also than did gay and lesbian peers. 
Now, the study didn't go into why this was the case, but the authors say that discrimination facing bisexual individuals is probably, um, you know, a key factor in understanding why they don't seem to be getting the same benefit that others do from higher education, at least with respect to health. Next up, HPV vaccine rates increase. A study led by Nancy McClung found that since 2011, there has been a six-fold increase in young sexual minority men reporting HPV vaccination. Up until that date, the vaccine was not recommended for males, despite sexual minority males being particularly at high risk. Now, about 33% of sexual minority men aged 18 to 26 who are not living with HIV and 51% of sexual minority men in that age group who are living with HIV reported having been vaccinated for HPV, which is really good news, although still shows a ton of room to grow there. In our next story, Texas social workers can discriminate. ABC News reported that Texas has voted to allow social workers to discriminate on the basis of gender identity, sexual orientation, and disability, which had previously been prohibited. Advocates for LGBT individuals and people with disabilities say the move will make it harder for these groups to attain services and will make them more likely to face discrimination from service providers. There's been some debate about exactly what this means from a legal perspective as far as, you know, what social workers can get away with. But I think everyone is in agreement that it certainly sends a really bad message to people who may be wanting to seek services. And it sends a really bad message to the people who are supposed to be providing those services, especially since, you know, the job here is really to try to help those who are most vulnerable. And finally, for this week, traveling while trans. Travel and Leisure shared the stories of two transgender travelers, how their identities impact their travel experiences, and the steps that they take to avoid uncomfortable or even unsafe situations. For example, one traveler recommends services like TSA PreCheck to minimize the steps that you have to take while you're with airport security. They also rattle off their bucket list for travel destinations, which frankly made me really miss the days when um, when travel was a little bit easier and safer uh, around the world. Um, and I, I felt like this is the, the perfect time to at least start thinking about uh, what my own bucket list would be. So maybe that will bring you um, a little a little bit of joy or at least uh, kind of release from from all of the focus around what we can't do. Let's let's think about what we, we can do in the future. And this article was really interesting just to read um, about, you know, how, how trans folks are able to kind of navigate some of the, the difficulties and the bias that um, that they can encounter while traveling. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, please uh, feel free to go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to see any of the stories that we've just discussed and read them for yourselves. Also, I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast if you're not already so that you can tune in next time for another edition of the Roundup.